And now it's time for Guaranteeing Your Retirement with your host, David Graham from Graham Capital, an estate planning and investment management firm right here in Florida. Here's your host, David Graham. Good morning. This is Dave Graham, the retirement guy, and you're listening to Guaranteeing Your Retirement. On this beautiful day here, broadcasting from the Tampa Bay area, we are now officially doing a podcast. We will talk to you all around the United States at any time you feel like listening to this. No more radio where you have to miss it with commercials and everything else, but not only just the Tampa Bay market, but all of our clients out west in the Phoenix, Arizona area. You can all listen to this. Show is brought to you by Graham Capital Advisors. We're the people that you go to when you're getting ready for retirement. And you want to do it correctly. You want to do it properly. Three-legged stool, legal planning, investing, we do it all. We've been doing this now for well over 40 years. And let us show you how easy it is. We have offices in Tampa, Sarasota here. And also Washington, D.C. on K Street, if you're visiting our capital. Go to our website, schedule an appointment. It's GrahamCapitalAdvisors.com. It's GrahamCapitalAdvisors.com. And as always, before we get started, let's all offer a huge heartfelt thanks to our police, firefighters, emergency personnel, our teachers, what about all the men and women in the military services who are so far from home and protecting us? Where would we be without them? Thank God we have them. And with that, oh, what a week. The election is over with. Let's start off with this. I don't know if you saw this or not. The TSA agents at the Fort Lauderdale Airport, they found a handgun hidden inside a raw chicken packed in a traveler's luggage. So let me just clarify the rules for you. Fresh meat and and seafood, they're permitted in carry-on or checked luggage as long as they're packed in ice. Unloaded firearms, they're allowed in checked bags, but you must declare at the the, uh, ticket counter that you pack them in a locked case. But you can't put firearms inside raw chicken, okay? Remember that. Good God. Here's a fun fact of the week. A father in China, he hired gamers to kill his son in video games so the son would get a life and start looking for a real job. Oh, my gosh. Crime of the week, it would be impossible to count all of the federal crimes that are on the books. And trust me, people have tried. We're always looking out for you. So we want to make sure that you're aware of every federal crime every week to reduce the chances of you ending up in a bad situation. Okay, listen to this one. It's a federal crime to sell anti-acid that cause constipation in 5% or more of people who take the maximum recommended dosage, unless you expressively warn them that it's going to cause constipation. Oh, my God. All right. Enough Enough of this. Since it's Thanksgiving is coming up, let's compare financial planning and Thanksgiving, right? You know, let's see what we can learn about the discrepancies. 
is this one's titled, No Turkey. We consider turkey to be an essential part of Thanksgiving, but it's almost certain that the first Thanksgiving didn't include a turkey at all because back then the only meats that would have been oysters, fish, venison, deer, you know, ham. When it comes to financial planning, is there anything that people seem to think is a requirement that isn't actually necessary? Or maybe something that people assume that a financial advisor is going to tell them, but when in reality, you know, if you tell that to very few people, they'll think about that for a second. And then when, when, when do they celebrate the holiday? You know, it's not in November. The first Thanksgiving didn't take place in late November. It would have been at least two months earlier, right around harvest time. What do you see people doing in their financial lives where they would have a good idea, but their timing is off? How often does that happen? Timing is everything. And what about the day itself? Originally, it's a one-off. In November of 1789, George Washington issued a proclamation calling for a day of public thanksgiving and prayer. But that was the only thanksgiving day until the 1860s, and that's when Abraham Lincoln became convinced that an annual celebration would be a good way to unite the country during the Civil War. And in 1870, Congress made it official by passing legislation that made Thanksgiving a national holiday. Now, how do you see people, you know, good ways or bad ways, turning one-time financial moves into ongoing habits? Now, think about that for a second. The peace that didn't last. Well, the first Thanksgiving is often portrayed as a result of a peace agreement between the pilgrims and the Indians. That, that was maybe partially true. But believe it or not, the Indians weren't just signing up to joyfully hand over the United States to the white man. It, it, it only took a few years before both sides were constantly fighting each other, having devastating bloody wars. You know, then they finally you know, had a peace pipe, I guess. When it comes to financial matters, do you ever see people getting comfortable during good times and not they're not adequately prepared for battle when they face tough times? You know, think about it for a second. What you got is what you got. You always hear me say this. First rule of investing, don't lose money. Second rule of investing, don't forget the first rule. You can only control what you can control. Need it be your legal documents, need it being planning properly for retirement, and last but not least, investing for retirement properly. You only get one shot at it. And good gosh, the last thing you want to do is to be hurt at this stage of life because you won't have time to remake it. At Grand Capital Advisors, we can show you how to do it properly. We'll take the stress out of it. Like you used to hear your um, old Ted Webb used to say, look, the stress will leave your body as soon as you leave the offices. Go and see them. Well, come and see us. We have offices in Tampa, Sarasota, Washington, D.C. on K Street. Come and see us. Our website address is grahamcapitaladvisors.com. That's grahamcapitaladvisors.com. And today we have a very handsome board operator, James Berlander. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Hey, buddy. How are you? Doing well. Good, good. And I think online we have a certified senior advisor, Mr. Keith Boland. Good morning to you. Good morning, David. Well, what do we got in the emails, James? We got quite a few emails today. So Robert in Bradenton 
emailed us and says, I retired a few months ago and need to take my first withdrawal from retirement savings to pay some bills. I can take money from my 401k, but that apparently requires a 20% tax withholding, which seems excessive. I can take it from my IRA and withhold no taxes, but that doesn't seem right either. So how should I do this? You know, Robert. Lead off, kid. Okay, great. Thanks, David. Uh, Robert, you know, one thing I would suggest is look into that 401k because normally when we look at paperwork, for you to transfer the whole amount into your checking account, they automatically take a 20% tax withholding out of it. Um, I, I, I feel like you need a little bit of tune-upping with the game plan of retirement. I really would suggest you to come in. Um, for one, I would want you to move the 401k out and put it into your IRA so your advisor, if you have one, can diversify a little bit more, put in more portfolio. Um, the IRA, though, I would suggest you taking the money out of that, but you are going to be taking taxes out of it. Um, I would see a good CPA for that because he's going to guide you on how much needs to be taken out. David? Yeah, absolutely. Look, Uncle Sam is always going to be there. Okay. And when you have an IRA, a 401k, uh, 403b, 457, defined benefit plan, Roth IRA, pension and profit sharing plan, anything that is tax deferred. Guess what? You've been making money. Okay. But bottom line is Uncle Sam's allow you to do that because when you do start taking it out, that's when he wants his piece of change. So don't mess this up. Like what Keith just said, again, get a good shot at it, but you don't want to make a mistake or you're going to be giving a good part of your money away to the government. So come and see us, schedule an appointment. Our website address is grahamcapitaladvisors.com. Good question. All right. Next in from the mailbag, Grace in Spring Hill wrote in, I've been approached about buying an insurance policy that would cover all of my cemetery and funeral home costs when I die. Now, I'll have more than enough money for these expenses without the insurance money, but I like the idea of the kids knowing that there's money specifically earmarked for those costs so they don't have to worry about it. Is this a good purchase? Grace, I I have not looked at this policy, but right off the get-go, I don't think it is. You know, these insurance companies, they're here to make money. Um, there's other ways to make sure that money is going specifically for your funeral or, or your um, the funds to uh, bury you. We don't have to pay the insurance to have that directed there. There's good trusts out there that we have lawyers that will specifically make that make sure that's uh, entitled in the trust. But yeah, you, these insurance guys, they're here to make money. So I would stay away from it. Grace? Yes, what you have is right in the funeral home itself, usually you have one of the funeral home directors licensed in insurance. So they sell what's called burial policies where you know when you pass away it will be covered by the insurance itself um, the only time i recommend people do it is if they've already done it if your first spouse has done it well you already know what the drill is all about and if you can afford it it's usually not that expensive just continue it but to initially go out and buy a policy just to protect yourself when you're buying everything else that you know requires a, a funeral um, there's other ways of doing it and who knows, you might decide to change your mind. That's happened with some people when they're asking me, how can they get it back? Because the policy read only if they are buried. So if they die, they don't get the money. They have to go for a burial. 
it'd be pretty expensive burrow if you want to bury your dog, I guess, to use it. So the main thing is just, you know, you know, be cautious, be cautious. I, I would, I would seriously think about not doing that. Good question. All right. Next question from Kel in Palm Harbor. He says at the age of 79, after being retired for 10 years, I finally have peace of mind about our financial situation and don't worry about us running out of money anymore. But now I'm thinking that we're going to have a million or more that we never spend and we don't have any kids to pass it on to. Should I just start spending as much as I can to make up for the last 10 years of pinching pennies? I have regrets about not traveling more than we did in the last decade. <laughs> Cal, that's that's one problem I see a lot. You know, a lot of our clients wonder, do we have enough to not outlive our retirement? Um, and it looks like you were extra cautious. So yeah, I would say, please go on those vacations. Um, I would also please come in. We can guide you through the rest of your retirement. So you're not worried about not spending enough money or not spending too much. But, um, you know, as far as the, the amount that you're going to have, there's always a legacy or you can always put it to a, a, um, foundation that you're uh, interested in david yeah good you know good question look a lot of people they scrimp, scrimp their entire lives and they accumulate some a net worth but they're not accustomed to spending money they've always saved money so they really don't need to spend any more than they already have necessarily but what you can do is is to set up a program where then you can start gifting it and or if not actually just gifting it you can start giving it to charities of some sort and, um, you know, believe me, a lot of people now, when they start getting to that stage in life where they know they have more money than they need, give it away during your lifetime. Just don't wait until you pass away. You know, you'd be amazed at how good that's going to make you feel. Good question. James, what else we got there? Uh, Marie in Tampa wants to know, what is better, a variable or indexed annuity? So, Marie, the annuities are two different types of goals. The variable ones we don't like, we've talked about in the past, just because they're actually participating in the market. But the mutual funds inside the actual annuity, you're getting funded, you're getting feed and feed and feed and feed. There's no reason for that. If your direction was to get mutual funds, just get an IRA or a brokerage account, depending on the tax status of the money, and just buy the actual mutual fund itself. Um, the indexed annuity, that's for safety. That's for getting clients into that conservative risk tolerance where their money cannot lose anything when the market goes down. And when the market goes up, yeah, they make some money and then it locks back in their principal. So we always like the indexed annuities, especially for our clients getting ready for retirement. And we don't like the variable ones just because they fee our clients way too much. David? Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, 30, 40 years ago, uh, variable annuities were, were the hot button, believe me, because all they were really were, were mutual funds put inside of the form of, an, of a life of a an insurance policy. So consequently, what would happen is it would grow tax deferred for you. But then again, you could possibly lose all of your, if the market goes down, you could lose all of your principal, but you would be guaranteed an income stream. Well, your money's gone, but you, you got a check coming in. Well, don't you want to have your money and money coming in? It's really as simple as that. And when you have, you know, an index to fixed indexed annuity, you know, it's at least fixed. Your principal is guaranteed along with a percentage a percentage of the markets um are you going to get rich on them absolutely not 
but they're safe and it gives you a very high rate of return proportionately. It's an average, but in comparison to an actually just fixed annuity at two or three percent, you'll always make a couple of points more. So we do recommend to clients for long-term, long-term investing where they want, instead of a CD, you'd be much better off with an index annuity. Good question. Do we have time for one more, James? We do, yeah, and lots of great info so far. So JT and Sarasota writes in, do you recommend long-term care insurance? Because his bank advisor says he needs it. Oh, I can take that one. Yeah, <laughs> okay, Keith, go, go ahead. Go ahead. What, were you gonna, what would you say, Keith? Well, you know, normally, JT, less than 1% of the United States population has long-term care insurance. Um, why is that? It's super expensive, and it's misled. It's misled in the fact that it's not going to cover all of your long-term care needs. It's more of like a supplement, like your Social Security. So that being said, if you really would want some, I there are some long-term care policies out there that have an actual cash value. So there's, there's something involved in the policy where if the client were to pass away with a shorter period of time when they started using it, the actual value of that policy has a beneficiary. But other than that, I wouldn't recommend you getting it. There's other insurance vehicles that will help out with long-term care. Um, and the long-term care insurance is just too expensive. David? Yeah, well said. Um, they can't control health care costs. So just if you do have one, you're going to be getting um, you're going to be getting a rate increase every couple of years. And we don't no longer recommend them just because of that. There are other ways that you can preserve your assets, especially if you get legal documents with elder law documents. The whole issue is to avoid spend down. And we can show you how to do that. So go to our website. It's GrahamCapitalAdvisors.com. And online, we have Stash Graham, the Chief Investment Officer and Managing Director of Graham Capital Wealth Management in Washington, D.C. That's GrahamCapitalWealth.com. Good morning to you. Good morning, David. Oh, Stash, well, I'll tell you, it's been a crazy week. So let me ask you, the election is over. The GOP has a small majority in Congress, not this big red wave they expected. So does, does that make a difference in how you invest? Um, yes and no. I think when now you see how the division in Congress looks, um, I th- it doesn't change how you're going to invest. It does increase the chances of developments later in 2023 that could have an impact on asset prices. But I don't necessarily believe it changes how you invest right now. You know, I was wondering because you know already Jim Jordan and a bunch of uh, the the Freedom Caucus are talking about starting all these different investigations and, you know, political payback and all that business, even though the country's so over it. But and when that stuff started uh, starts, would that have a bearing on the market and, you know, and just how people would invest because of what they're going to be starting to do since they have a, a slim majority? No, I, I don't think investigations and threats of impeachment are going to impact markets. I think the dynamic that's probably most pertinent to markets and should be a consideration down the line for investors to keep in the back of their mind is the funding of the government and the debt ceiling. Now, I think the chances of a government shutdown come October, November of next year have declined 
they are still there, and they're higher than, say, if Democrats had both the House and the Senate with the executive branch. And the reason why is, as you mentioned, uh, Speaker of the House, or soon-to-be Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, is going to have a slim majority. Right. There could be – he's going to need votes from the Freedom Caucus to get anything done. Uh, and if there is the chance that a government shutdown could happen, uh, or the perception that a government shutdown can happen uh, during a economic recession, and I think that's the major variable. Is look, and we we've talked about this numerous times. We're not in a recession right now. We were never right. in a recession at any point this year. But right. the likelihood is. We're going to be in a recession next summer. And so how do you react as an investor if you think the chances of a recession where there's going to be no fiscal stimulus coming, how does that impact your sentiment on markets? Now, sentiment on markets is very low. But as we've seen with the last two economic recessions we've had, there have been stimulus checks given. Bush and Trump administrations both put out stimulus checks because their economists and their teams know that if you're in a recession, the best way to kickstart a recovery is by putting money into people's pockets and then they go spend it. I don't think you're going to see that next year. I think Kevin McCarthy prevents that from happening. Uh, And uh, if the Senate also went red, uh, then I think the chance of it happening would be very, very high with, with McCarthy and McConnell telling Biden no, you know, where we're, we want a new budget, we want it lower, and we want this deficit and debt down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think the chances are still there because Kevin McCarthy, the House of Representatives, do have a say. Yeah, no, no two ways about it. You know, I was looking at the, the markets on the, on the computer, and I noticed they have that greed index. And it says that greed is driving the U.S. market. So for a layman, how are you supposed to interpret that when you're investing? Um, so the greed – so the CNN has a, a, uh, a, a bull fear index that uh, I, I think is a very volatile index, but it's a measure of what the short-run sentiment is for investors, um, in particular retail investors. What I would say right now is with the greed index starting to really move higher again, the chances are that this rally that we have seen in markets the last uh, month or two is going to be short-lived. Uh, I think, you know, if you thought that this rebound in markets were to have legs, you would want to see more people being fearful. You want people to doubt this rebound. And usually, uh, especially for major market bottoms, the the bottoms, the market bottoms that actually have sustainability and are the beginning of a multi-year run higher are the ones that are the most hated. And so when you see bulls, uh, so you mentioned the the CNN uh, greed and fear index. Right. I look at the AAII um, uh, investor sentiment 
data survey. The AAI is the American um, American in, um, Investor Institute, where they provide a monthly survey of retail investors. Thousands of people participate, and they they say, "Are you bullish on the market? Are you bearish on the market? Are you neutral on the market? And what's your future expectation?" Yeah. And what you've seen in this one and a half month rally is that you have people bullish to a level that we really haven't seen all year. And it's close to the point where people are as bullish as they were, say, in August, very similar levels. And that marked the high point, and that marked one of the worst months or the beginning of one of the worst months that we've seen in markets, which was September right, of right. this year. Yeah, so that, I think that, in the short run, I think in the short run, this rally – is likely to be closer to being done. Uh, and that does not mix usually with the average calendar movement because usually we get a Santa Claus rally. Sure. And that certainly now comes, there's certainly some doubt into that now. Yeah, just to support what you just said, I noticed the target shares were dropping like a rock because they warned of having a weak holiday season. Uh, so I guess... If that's the case, if it's not just Target, it's going to be any retail store. So would you be avoiding the entire retail sector right now? I, I think it depends on what the respective retailer sells. Look, I think in the case of Target, and, and this is one of those companies that, first, they've had a terrible year. Uh, second, I think a lot of people were caught off guard on their respective uh, earnings report, and most importantly, their guidance uh, right. because you had the day before target you had walmart and you had home depot both report very positive numbers and provided decent guidances but look consumer consumption has seen a rapid change the behavior has changed materially people we talked about this a couple months ago uh, on the show uh, people are consuming differently they're not buying the leisure goods or the discretionary goods. They're buying the staples. Mm -hmm. uh, now, in the case of Target, they have strong consumer uh, uh, customer loyalty, which should help. But right now, you have a ton of retail businesses that have a lot of inventory. They're going to have to mark down that inventory uh, to get it off their shelves because they were last year and a half, two years, they had nothing on their shelves, uh, and they didn't want to take that supply chain issue. So what did they do? They bought more, they bought earlier, and now they have too much, and there isn't the same demand for their respective goods. And so now you're going to have to see higher markdowns on this excess inventory. And Target's not the only one. Uh, Nike talked about this last month, and uh -huh. it's across the board that you're having to see this, which is not good for earnings. And that's where my focus is looking forward to 2023 and where we get this next leg lower is that I think earnings expectations broadly from the market and from Wall Street are way too high from where they probably will end Should up be. at the end of the yeah. year next year. Yeah, that's true. You know, and I noticed reading the Financial Times where London, London actually lost its position as the most valuable European stock market to Paris, France. Does that, does that affect or mean anything to Americans investing? 
No, it really doesn't. But what it does reflect is a a a confirmation of the decline of London and the United Kingdom or Great Britain or however. Uh, and and maybe this has been a multi-year situation. Obviously, what you've seen over the last couple of months is highly discouraging uh, in terms of not being able to have a successful transition to leadership. Uh, and you saw that play out uh, with an economic plan. And in fairness to um, to Liz Truss, the, the plan itself was actually not that extreme. Uh, in in actuality, it was only really a three percent uh, deficit increasing type of tax cut um, right. at a time when the uh, UK has a debt-to-GDP ratio of about 75%. Now, in comparison, the U.S. is over 100. Mm-hmm. So this type of tax plan and or cut, while optically was probably very frowned upon, you're giving tax cuts to the richest people, it wasn't as bad of an economic plan that I think a lot of people immediately jumped on. And then, uh, you know, subsequently, you know, she she was out. And you saw a change. But I think, you know, London losing the financial uh, exchange um, um, value to to Paris is nothing surprising because it started years ago or a few years ago with Brexit when you had a lot of the financial institutions move their operations out of London. Right. And so I think this is a natural this is a natural development from that. Right. That's a very good point. One last question. Okay, this was in the news all week. The cryptocurrency, FTX, it went bankrupt. A couple of questions. How would that affect the crypto market? And for any new listeners out there, give them your opinion of cryptocurrencies. Well, I think, um, you know, we, we've talked over the last couple of years on this respective um, uh, asset class, and I, and I cringe saying asset um, because it's not really backed by anything, but I think the biggest threat, and in, in you're starting to see it, you've seen it the last couple of days, is the contagion that is um, that has already started to happen, where un, unrelated or independent entities that, again, and uh, unrelated is probably the incorrect word, but uh, parties that are separate businesses, um, they are getting whether it's margin called, whether they're going into solvency issues, you're getting runs on the bank. It's effectively what's happening. Uh, and this is in a unregulated space. With banks, they have rules. You have to have a certain amount of reserves on your bank at all times. They have insurance. They have the FDIC. They have those those restrictions in place, those regulations in place, to help curb runs on banks like you saw a uh, hundred years ago. Um, the the uh, digital currency, the cryptocurrency world does not have that. And you have seen a few people, Janet Yellen yesterday, the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen yesterday, talk about this is only going to continue. There are no safeguards in place. And the question is, how does that contagion affect financial markets that we normally operate in? You do have a few publicly traded companies that are financial institutions that focus in 
on the digital currency, cryptocurrency space. And you're keeping a very, very close eye on them. Uh, so there is a knock-on effect. The question is, how does it bleed into financial markets of everyday, of everyday life? And to the latter part of your question, uh, David, you know, some people have asked, you know, what does all this mean? And the best scenario I could say is the situation that's happening right now is basically you have your investment portfolio. Pick whatever financial institution you have. And you have in that with that financial institution, you have um, uh, investments in you pick any company you want, General Electric, uh, uh, you know, the Apple, Amazon, you know, the steadfast, very good companies, their line companies are fine and they're growing and they're innovative and they're profitable. They're great. But then you get something in the mail saying you can't sell those positions. You can't sell that Apple position. You can't sell that Amazon position. You can't sell the General Electric position. Uh, and you can't sell it and you can't liquidate it. And as a matter of fact, your, that account might be worth – you say you have those three companies and it might be worth $50,000. But you can't liquidate it because the exchange you're on, because the, the institution you're with – Right. Who's holding those securities is now bankrupt. All right. There you and go. That's the scenario that I don't, you know, and I hope that provides maybe a, a different example of something that people can relate to. Um, it's not necessarily the underlying positions, but it's the actual entity holding those positions where now you're starting to see the insolvency happen. Right. And you're seeing well, they, a lot of people caught up. Yeah. Well, there it is, Dosh. There it is. Well, look, as always, we appreciate your sound sage advice, and let's see what happens this week, huh, buddy. We'll be talking to you next week. Thanks for calling in. Absolutely. Take care, David. Take care now. You know, if you're out there, a lousy year, a roller coaster year with your investments, the guy you were just talking to, he was one of 14% of investors as of August the 1st this year that still overall average was right around in the black. Let's put it that way. And Get the best advice you can get. And Stash is one of the best out there, giving you good guidance when it comes to your retirement investing. If you feel that now's the time to get a good second opinion, then come and see us. Schedule an appointment. You could meet him personally or virtually online, but get, you deserve the best of the best. And we can offer that to you at Graham Capital Advisors. So go to our website, schedule an appointment. It's GrahamCapitalAdvisors.com. And with that, really want to be lucky in life, go help someone. God's going to smile on you. You're going to get to be incredibly lucky. We're lucky to be Americans. It's right on our currency. In God we trust. Good luck. God bless. Take care of each other. Be safe out there. We'll see you next week. This program is sponsored by Graham Capital Advisors, LLC. Graham Capital Advisors, LLC is an independent estate planning and insurance agency. Investment advisory services are provided by Graham Capital Wealth Management, LLC, an independent registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Graham Capital Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. The inf information provided is for educational informational purposes only and does not constitute investment advice and should not be relied on as such. Individuals should consult with a qualified professional for guidance before making any purchasing decisions.